You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, the week has just uh, flown by. It's one activity after the other, and uh, so far, I know it's only only Tuesday at this point, but uh, it's definitely been somewhat of a blur, but productive at all, all at the same time. All, you're always busy. You're a, a busy beaver getting things done and in and out of Radio Maria and getting all the programs done. So uh, you must, uh, when you put your head down at night, you must sleep well. Uh, actually, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, there's been d- days and, and, you know, there's been a few days over the, over this period that I've had to rely on a, on a coffee and <laughs> I'm not, uh, an expert drinker or an experienced drinker when it comes to coffee. So sometimes the choice of when to drink the coffee <laughs> really has an impact on impact my sleep, on your sleep. Or, or lack thereof. Yes. So, <laughs> um, but you live and learn and live and learn. Yeah. And you just power through, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Everyone to everybody. Today's show is being taped. So no calling in, no opportunity to call in, but please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the health hub RMC on all locations. And as always, please do feel free to email us. We're at THH at radio And please subscribe to our podcast. We are the health hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. Now we've, you know, most of our shows, Alex, the bulk of our shows are on, of course, integrated health and around the, the subject of health um, with a lot of the onus about us taking responsibility and direction as to how our health path should lead. And, you know, that is definitely where the bulk of responsibility lies. But in today's show, we're taking a little bit of a a different perspective. And we are talking about how business leaders and corporations um, really can, can benefit the health of themselves and their employees by the way they themselves dictate their lives and mechanisms in place for their employees. It's funny because um, in, in our conversation today, something that came up was for me, the way that health has changed within the workplace. When I was, um, before I was married and earlier on in my marriage, I worked downtown on Bay Street. And um, part of what I did or part of the job responsibility was uh, taking clients out at lunch and after, after work to, to different venues. And um, 
in in the business downtown and in the in the the bond business and stock business downtown being a female was was not um as common as it is now and that lifestyle um it had had its ups and it had its downs it got you out of the office for sure but um maybe doing activities that uh, weren't comfortable or weren't healthy and things have changed quite a bit when it comes to not only the the dynamic of who is employed down there but also the dynamic of the work day and i think um that a lot more people are staying in the office during lunch hour working later hours so um, entertaining might be taking a bit of a, a change and and health is taking a bit of a change within within the workplace and this is all sort of part of the conversation that we're getting into with Roxana Rafacha and um, she she is working with CEOs and corporations to try and create a more conscious living space within the work world and I think it's a fantastic thing to do you know, if if things can be implemented in the workspace to help improve health, that helps with the bottom line, I think, of companies, but it also helps with the mental fortitude of, of the people that are working within the company, not and not, you know, not let alone the, the CEO that runs the company. So um, two pronged approach, you know, as the CEO goes, so does the rest of the company go in some respects, but also um, implementing some very health conscious decisions within the workspace can be very, very helpful for the employees. So I think it's, it's a, an interesting perspective and direction to take. Our guest today is Roxana Rafacha, and she is the founder of Conscious Enterprises, a thought leadership platform and advisory and consulting service, service boosting the evolution of business. Severe health challenges while living a typical Manhattanite lifestyle were the catalyst for Roxana to discover the crucial importance of understanding mind-body-energy balance. During this time, newly sparked curiosities in the relationship between inner inner acknowledgement and outer impact drove her to dive deeper into correlations between flow states, neurobiology, quantum physics, existentialism, and most notably, businesses, systems, peak performance, and leadership. A self-taught meditator and consultant for prominent brands and leaders, Roxana has applied, experienced, and advised on powerful results by recalibrating some conscious intentions in all facets of life. She views the world through a psychological and scientific lens that is revealing humanity's rapid evolution in the necessity for business leaders to break down limiting belief systems in order to encourage thriving communities to grow around them. Roxana's intention with Conscious Enterprises is to boost human management and business evolution by supporting leaders, corporations, and brands that intend to connect to an impactful purpose. As a mission and purpose-driven executive, Roxana is also the head of marketing and brand partnerships and a key advisor to Hero Health, a healthcare technology company on a mission to reverse the illness-incentivized healthcare industry by making wellness profitable for businesses and insurance carriers. Roxana grew up in Potomac, Maryland with a Korean mother, Persian father, and a sister, and she is the graduate of Boston University. Roxana is currently an advisor, wellness and program curator, event producer, marketing and business consultant, and licensed real estate agent in New York City. 
So we had a really interesting conversation. I, I sort of paradigmed it at the beginning, but some of the learning points and topics we will be discussing are what is conscious living? What is the evolution of wellness within the business world? And how can business leaders influence wellness within their companies? Really interesting, something that uh, does provoke a lot of thought. So everybody, please stay with us and we will be back in a few minutes. There is power, power Here in this hour, this hour We're all together, together Waiting here as one There is power, power Here in this hour, this hour we're all together, together, waiting here as one. It's burning in my soul 
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, today's show is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all three locations. Roxana, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Kathy. It's such it's such a pleasure to talk to somebody who is working on health in the workspace. We don't touch on that too often, and you know, a lot of us spend, you know, you know, pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, and, and, and it will be back to somewhat similar circumstances after we get through this. We spend a lot of time in our workplace and cultivating health in the workplace, I, I don't think has been brought into focus. And that's, that's what you're targeting. But before we get into your, your work, I, I want to, you know, to set the, you know, to seed the ground here and let everybody know how you came into this space of conscious living. Absolutely. Um, it's been a long and painful and tumultuous journey. Um, I kind of had one of these tragic yet typical um, health journeys that really came to its pinnacle, um, living a very typical typical Manhattanite lifestyle, um, in my twenties. Um, so it really started, you know, I, I grew up in a suburb of the Washington DC area. Um, and I would say it started in high school for me when I was maybe around 15 or 16 and, you know, started to become a little more uh, self-conscious about my body and wanted to, uh, get into fitness and exercise and was starting to pay attention to things I was eating and seeing how it would affect my body. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't really have, I think, the tools and the guidance that that probably would have steered me on a very different path. Um, I discovered diet pills when I was around 15 or 16. Um, and I also realized that if you took diet pills or you took caffeine um, when you were working out, it gave you a better workout, right? And and I think a lot of people do this and and maybe once in a while, it's probably not necessarily a bad thing. But what happened to me was the first time I had a really good run um, on whatever those old school titles were back then in the 90s, um, I became addicted to my own adrenaline. And so that kind of set me on a path to really start abusing exercise instead of using exercise to benefit my body. So I go to college, you know, I went to school in Boston and in, in college, I, I went on birth control, which is clearly an endocrine uh, disruptor. <laughs> um, I, I started, uh, I got an, a, a prescription for Adderall to help me concentrate on studying. Um, and I realized that, adren- that adrenaline rush that I would get from the Adderall was even better to work out on than the diet pills or the caffeine or the Red Bull or whatever it was that I was, I was using. So I started making that a regular part of my uh, supplements to my, my workouts. So long story short, you know, I moved to New York in my twenties right after college um, and really dove into this whole work hard, play harder kind of lifestyle. I was working at television networks, um, going to the gym in the morning, waking up at 5am to hit the gym, um, drinking five cups of coffee throughout the day, and then 
going out drinking all night and then doing it all over and over again. So what ended up happening in my mid twenties is I started to realize, I started to notice that weight loss seemed to be a lot harder for me than most of my peers. Um, I felt like any physical progress I made was always discounted or pushed back anytime I would not work out. So I could never take a day off. I was working out six or seven days a week. I never took the time to rest. Um, and eventually, you know, this unsustainable weight, weight issue that I was constantly fighting against eventually led to really massive adrenal problems, underactive thyroid, gut and digestion issues. And most painfully for me, I had severe cognitive um, dysfunction problems by the time I got to my early 30s. So so that was a really tough time for me, um, especially before I, I figured out, you know, these, these labels for, for what I was experiencing. It was just, I was always tired. I could barely work. I could barely read or reply to an email that should take 30 seconds without it taking like an hour because my brain function was so, it just, it had just declined rapidly. You know, I, it was, it was really, really miserable. Um, but in retrospect, as most of these things are in life, um, I can look back at this and, and see now how it was almost a, a weird blessing in disguise, right? So all these really severe issues, this really painful, miserable kind of black hole in my life um, where I had, I was, I was felt like I was trapped in my own body that I couldn't control. It was, you know, I was barely eating, exercising like crazy and was gaining massive amounts of weight um, and couldn't understand why. This time period really was the catalyst for me beginning um, my conscious enterprises, my business. Um, I was, I, I really discovered all the things, right? Like all the meditating, the breath work, the yoga, the clean lifestyle, the intuitive eating, the mind body connection, all these things um, became a regular part of my life. So I could heal myself and really, and really start a, uh, a new chapter um, and a better way of living. Um, and it was during this time that I really found that wellness, sustainability, mind body connection, introspection, mindfulness, all these key, all these things are really key to living a thriving life, not just for, you know, people who are experiencing health issues, but I really came to understand that if most of the really powerful leaders and corporations, um, of the world were to understand this, this connection, um, we would be looking at a very different world. So I became extremely purpose connected, extremely purpose and mission driven um, in developing a conscious lifestyle for myself and advising it for others. Um, and that is really what brought me to create Conscious Enterprises, which is a thought leadership platform. Um, I'm a consultant and an advisor. Um, I create corporate programs and I also curate a collection of events that, that you can find, check out on my website with the One Hotels. And I've done some at Urban Zen, which is Donna Karen's space in New York City. Um, and I also have a interview series where I interview uh, business leaders and influencers about boosting the evolution of, of business. So that's Did you really find that it was the workplace that was sort of leading you down these uh, bad health paths or was it just an enlightenment type of thing that happened once you got your health going in the right direction? 
Good question. I mean, I think it was a little bit of everything, to be honest. I mean, I was fortunate. My first job was at the Food Network um, out of college. And they had, I mean, all things considered, they really had um, a pretty good work culture, I would say. Um, but I think it, 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 it's not about the company or the workspace specifically. I think it was kind of, if you zoomed out of that a little bit and looked at it as a whole, I think it was maybe Manhattan, New York City living, um, where we, we really thrive. We think we give us ourselves a pat on the back for working, you know, 20 hours and sleeping for three and getting up and doing it all again, you know? So it, 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 there's kind of a culture, I think, inherent uh, in the U.S. I'm, I'm sure it's kind of similar in Canada where, where you think that the more you're kind of punishing yourself, your body, by over exceeding the, your, your own physical limits, um, we think that that's, that's good and we reward that. Um, so I don't know if it was necessarily the workplace um, that I experienced, but more kind of an overarching uh, human culture, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, we're, that we're dealing with now. I, I find, you know, I worked um, in Toronto down on Bay Street um, in the 90s, I guess it was, 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, I found that, or I find and I continue to find as I, as I speak to people that are working down there, that things have evolved. Um, have you found that with technology, business is changing? I know that back then it was a lot of entertaining and client, um, you know, client entertaining and taking them out. And it seems now that there are more sit at the desk type of jobs and people can't afford to be away from their desks and you don't have that, you know, they were oftentimes going out and having a drink at lunch, but at least there was that, that break in the day. Have you seen an evolution of business that has changed from the high, high entertaining into this very, very intense at the desk focus and are you picking up on that as you're going into businesses and trying to educate them on wellness? Yes. Um, I think that there are a few things happening at once. I mean, one, I think that the businesses like, I mean, especially what you just mentioned and particularly in the eighties and nineties, if you were like in finance or working on wall street, that was an extremely toxic um, work environment to be, especially as it, as it, uh, related to the entertaining after work and, and taking clients out and things like that. Um, I think that has definitely died down. I'm sure it still exists, um, but it's definitely died down. Um, being glued to your desk, you're seeing a little bit of both. Like there are definitely the companies um, that are not taking the initiative to encourage their workforce to take a 10 minute walk around the block and just come back when you need it, you know? Um, and that's really, I think, where the line is drawn between the kinds of companies that are moving towards a more conscious enterprise future and the ones that are kind of stagnant and might not make it, you know, because I think mm-hmm. that people and uh, the workforces out there are really demanding this evolution. It's just not sustainable. You know, you're going to have people burning out like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have... Uh, companies that are kind of taking it to the next level where there, there might, there might be a budget for entertainment and taking clients out and things like that, but they're doing it in a, 
evolved way, I guess I would, I would put it where instead of going out to a happy hour and buying bottles of champagne and, and whatever it used to be, they're taking their team on a hike. They're taking the time to go to, you know, there's a great uh, peer. I think it's, I can't remember which number it is. There's a great peer in uh, New York city in Chelsea where you can go and there's like batting cages and, and like a golf, um, a golf net and things like that. And, 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 and there's a lot of teams taking outings to go do like activities like that, or there's like a rock climbing wall and stuff like that. They're more like kind of physical or wellness oriented um, outings instead of having it be sort of like a toxic um, let's get, get drunk and wasted together kind of a, kind of a bonding that used to be of like the type of bonding of yesteryear, I'll call it, you know? Um, so there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely a shift, um, going in many different directions. Um, but, but I think all, uh, holistically moving in the same direction, I think. I wonder too, if with more women coming into the, into the workforce year by year, uh, especially in the corporate area, I wonder if this is lighting up a bit of the areas where the boys clubs are no longer, um, the way to go. Because I'm back sure in the eighties and nineties, it was a little bit uncomfortable at times because I'm I was not sure. definitely in the majority of brokers. I was one of a few women that were working downtown in a in so much of a of a boys club atmosphere, and I wonder if the shift just to that dynamic has helped. Now, do you feel that you are creating a niche for yourself, or you're filling a need that is evolving in the workplace? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I would say that I'm more so filling a need that is already evolving. I think people, I think there are a lot of companies and a lot of leaders that are sort of waking up to this lifestyle, this conscious, conscious enterprise um, need, this conscious lifestyle need. And um, they just don't necessarily know how to make the shift. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of where I come in. Um, But at the same time, you know, within my own circle, there might there have definitely been people that like, just don't get it. You know, like, I don't get it. Like, what, what do you mean a conscious enterprise? Like, what does that even mean? Um, where you are actually educating them as to what this, this actually is. And, and in that, in those circumstances, it's more, it's more of a, of me actually doing the push. So it's a little bit of both. Are you working with HR? Are you working with the CEOs? Where, where's your target? Typically, it's been the CEOs um, so far, or at least uh, management leaders within within uh, the larger corporations. There's a couple television uh, networks that um, I've been working with that uh, it's more like uh, heads of departments, things like that. Um, but uh, I, I actually don't think I've I have worked directly with HR yet, not for conscious enterprises, at least. And are you finding the, um, are they, are they asking you to come in or are you approaching them? Are you seeing this two-way street happening or are you having to open their eyes to the value of this? You know, so far I've been really fortunate and so far they have actually approached me, which has been a really amazing thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a marketer, I think by nature. Um, and I've, I think, you know, my passion is doing live events. I've done some great live events with, for conscious enterprises, putting together CEO panels and leadership panels, talking about impact and introspection and wellness and all these things. And I think that that has gotten a good amount of attention. So typically um, clients will, will reach out to me or at least interested parties will reach out to me. 
how how do you how would a CEO um, consider working with you as a success? As a success, um, I think it's different for everyone. Um, I I really try not to. Um, cookie cutter it, you know, it's more about putting, talking one-on-one with what their goals are, what their vision is. Do they need one-on-one work um, or do they want something for the entire team, for the entire company? Do they need brand alignment work? Um, And then putting together something that's very customized. Um, You know, I started doing this in 2000, really at the end of I would say I started doing this in like 2018, really. So um, it's still kind of, I I think in a way, I'm still kind of trying to find a way to template it without, without templating it, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. Oh, it does. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, so, so far, so far, it's really been very individualized and very customized. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk with Roxana about the, the, the practical way she's actually working with companies, whether it's on a top-down CEO working directly with them, uh, setting the template, as she says, for employees. And we're going to take a deeper dive into what this looks like. So everybody will be back in a couple of minutes. Praise to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our King. In his great mercy, he has given us life. Now we can be called the children of God. Great is the love that the Father has given us. What he has delivered us. What he has delivered us. Children of God, sing your song. Forgive and we are the sons and daughters of our God. 
You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Roxana Rafacha, and we're talking about her company, that is going into the workforce that is trying to develop conscious living within the workspace. And we're going to talk about in Roxana's view, what conscious living actually is. So go ahead, Roxana, tell us what your, your view is on this. Sure. Um, so I guess, you know, the big question for most people is what is a conscious lifestyle, right? So, and I learned the, this the hard way as we just went through, as many do, um, that you have to really get in touch with a way to communicate with your body. Um, you know, this is a really imperative thing to establish in order to have a thriving life. Um, for me, it was the only way I could possibly improve my health issues. But, you know, going into you know, having this adopted by leaders and by corporations and taking a top-down approach, having this message can have such a bigger impact. Um, and most people are going to, you know, in wellness, when it will tell you that a conscious lifestyle is all about, you know, understanding exercise, yoga, cleaning, eating, um, and meditating. And that is all true. Um, but the root of conscious lifestyle underneath all of that I think truly comes from becoming conscious, which really just means aware. Um, so I kind of want to talk about how that occurs because I think that, that is really important and it's a lot more than just figuring out what you should be eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I'll talk about is, is introspection. Um, and the second thing I'll talk about is mind body energy connection. And they're both very related. Um, but I think these, these are two things that people really need to understand, um, in order to really develop a conscious lifestyle for yourself, because it's kind of different for everyone, right? Like you can't go to, I'm sure you as a nutritionist, 
business, it's kind of hard for you. You have to be flexible, right? To everybody's eating habits or sensitivities, all these things. Um, so without this introspective piece, without this mind, body, energy understanding, um, it's really hard to put everyone in a cook, in a cookie cutter uh, plan, right? So, so to me, the way I see it, impact and introspection are a symbiotic relationship. In order to maximize the impact you have outside of you, you must optimize the states that exist inside of you. So for example, carrying around emotional baggage will always show up in your leadership style, your services, your communication, your partnerships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So unraveling whatever these inner obstacles may be for you are will will help you identify what is actually causing the external actions and results that you might be trying to change that you can't figure out why they're not changing. So, um, so what the, so asking yourself a few questions is, is helpful. Everything revolves around why. Okay. So for me, it was, what are my physical symptoms trying to tell me? Um, every, behavior, every choice, every undesirable pattern in your life that you are wishing to break is coming as a result of something internally. So if you can, can, and your body is aware of this. So, so coming into asking yourself why, and why are, why am I feeling this way is really the first step to kind of go down the rabbit hole of like, what is being held in the body? Um, for example, for me again, you know, I was, I was suffering from a severe addiction to my own adrenaline. Right. So asking myself, why would I feed off of anxiety like this? Right. Like, why would I want this anxiety all the time? It's, it's, it's kind of like a high, but it's also really toxic. Right. So asking myself this over and over and over again, and sometimes the, the answer doesn't come right away, but being able to ask myself that until I started to see that my body was in some sort of survival mechanism, that it was signaling all these fight or flight, you know, mechanisms to kick in um, because it didn't feel safe. I could then do, then do the inner work to see like, when in my life have I, have, has this been triggered before and why would I cling to that kind of a feeling? Right. So, so once I was able to figure that out, then I could take the steps to say, okay, so this work hard, play harder lifestyle isn't going to work for me because it keeps triggering this same inner need for, fight or flight. Right. And now I can, I can concentrate on trying to do things that make my body rest, relax, restore, digest all these things. Um, but really understanding this introspective piece is beginning to identify the why behind all the questions, um, that you're trying to answer for yourself. So, you know, this is where you start to dismantle the obstacles, keeping you from making your biggest impact in the world. And you can begin to calibrate these intentions to create the results, the outcomes, the relationships, you know, the products you want to create that, you know, really show you how to, that really, that you want to get out of life. Right. So that's the introspective piece. Then I think another really important understanding and principle to, to, uh, to connect with is mind, body, energy. So I think most people realize that the mind creates thoughts, right? And these thoughts are really creating and the results of neurochemicals. Um, and the body creates 
feelings, whether emotions or actual physical feelings, um, a lot of this is the result of hormones. Um, and it's my, I guess, proposition. Um, there's a little less um, information on this out there, but that energy fields actually create your intuition through electromagnetic frequencies. And so this piece um, is where I think you can really plug into your purpose. Um, so understanding that your entire existence is essentially a series of chemical reactions that can be manipulated. Um, I think that understanding alone makes you much more aware of what you uh, intentionally will want to consume or bring into your life. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, that's really important. So this is how uh, wellness is, related to purpose as well through this understanding. Mm -hmm. So I'll go through each, through each of them quickly. So the mind creates thoughts. Thoughts create a chemical reaction in the body. For example, when you think of biting into a lemon, you might picture the lemon, you might picture cutting the lemon, you might picture the juices when you cut into that lemon, picture putting that lemon in your mouth and biting into it and having the lemon juice my, like, I can't even finish really <laughs> thinking about it because my salivatory glands are starting to salivate, right? I'm sure everyone's having this same situation occur. Same thing if you were to think of, for example, uh, scratching a chalkboard. Picture someone scratching their nails across a chalkboard. Oof, right? Goosebumps, right? We all get the same sort of physiological reaction. So understanding that your thoughts are not just like fleeting ethereal things that happen in your brain and then just kind of float away, they're, they're actual chemical reactions that are occurring. So you think about something, it's causing something to happen to your body. You're salivating, you're getting goosebumps, you know? So think about what stress is doing to your body. That, that's a chemical reaction occurring. So once you come to the awareness that your thoughts throughout the day are doing things to your, your physiology all day long, I think that's a big, you know, that's a big um, aha moment for a lot of people. It certainly is. It certainly is. And I think you're spot on when it comes to energy work and connecting all the dots. When you're working with CEOs, is this what you're trying to, you know, you've, you've done several podcasts uh, with CEOs. How is speaking to them sort of opened up your experiences with your company and where you're going with within these larger companies and trying to influence them? Um, it's been great. I mean, you know, uh, they, it's been across a spectrum, I'll say, you know, some of them are a lot uh, more advanced, I'll call it in, in this understanding and others need, need a lot of work. But I think just the fact that there's been interest at all since I started this in 2018 um, says a lot that people are interested in, or in learning about themselves or interested in self discovery and self mastery and, and wanting to create, um, they understand that wanting to create a better workplace, a better wellness culture really starts with them. Um, and I think that that's so important. Um, yeah. So when you're approaching people, are you, you know, when you're approaching companies, are you appealing to the bottom line and productivity or are you being accepted as a person and are, are CEOs actually looking to better themselves and better the, the workplace that they've created? Um, I think that 
most of these people that I'm working with definitely understand that you can't, you can't succeed today if all you're, if all you're um, focused on is the bottom line, you know? Um, we are in super weird times in the world right now, especially in the U.S. Um, but I think that this evolution is kind of persevering through all these oddities, if you really were to take like a macro perspective of it. Um, but, you know, like millennials these days, there's countless studies that millennials will pay more to support brands that stand for a purpose and mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a big indicator of where we're going as a society and for the business world. Um, I love the quote by Peter Diamandis that the world's biggest problems are also the world's biggest business opportunities, um, because I think the world is beginning to realize that um, if you're not solving a world problem, a human problem, a societal problem, um, it's probably not going to last. It's not sustainable unless you learn to become a conscious enterprise. Mm -hmm. Now, is it is it possible for you to give us some examples of how you've gone in and set out a plan for a company? Sure. Um, I mean, I think the the I haven't done one that's like a, a full company yet. I've had a couple proposals that were about to be approved right before the pandemic hit, unfortunately. And that was looking more like a, uh, like a, like a quarterly uh, wellness day, wellness summit, few days, a quarter kind of a thing where I would come in with um, a panel of experts and we would do everything from teaching everyone in, in the company to how to do yoga at their desk, maybe understanding why breath work and meditation work so that you're a little more motivated to try it. Um, and then once the pandemic hit, it shifted more into like a virtual zoom kind of thing and it became a, a little bit smaller. Um, but that was probably uh, the bigger uh, the bigger proposal that was I was working on for the pandemic. So far, it's really been more one-on-one -on -one work um, with the CEOs and with small uh, adjustments or small advisory work um, to help them do the work that trickles down into their into their company and their brands. Mm -hmm. um, and that can look like anything from, you know, I have like worksheets that, that they're able to um, fill out to help them become more introspective. We go, go through it together and talk through any issues or, or gaps in, in um, that they might not be seeing um, to, to move forward. Um, and we talk a lot about goals and, and, and how, how, what, whatever you're trying to do, whatever your goal might be, the biggest impact you want to make um, is always a root of understanding why you're not there yet and, and getting to the root of that. So we do, you know, I teach a lot of leaders how to meditate and how to get to those answers themselves. Do you find that like, you're, you're probably right uh, for lack of better technologically speaking, you're probably right in the middle of two of, of, of the, the CEOs and the, the workforce coming up. Um, so you're, you're not in your 20s anymore. You said that, not me, right? <laughs> you're not in your 20s anymore. And I imagine some of the CEOs are 40 and beyond. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you are teaching um, the leaders of the businesses what, and are you learning yourself what the the focus of this younger generation coming up is? 
Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I'm necessarily teaching them that that's what the focus is. I think that most of them understand that that this is going to be a big big uh, focus. You know, being purpose driven, being connected to your your purpose for the world um, is a focus. I think that it's more like I think sometimes. Uh, without getting too specific, I think sometimes uh, a lot of brands out there want to be purpose-driven because they've seen the numbers or they've seen the stats or they've been reading the trade magazines and seeing that that's what sells. Um, And it almost doesn't matter if that's what your initial intention is in in doing this kind of work Mm -hmm. because eventually... I, I feel like all the rabbit holes kind of lead to the same place. Mm-hmm, so if you're trying, you know what I mean? So like, it, even if you're trying to establish a purpose because, you know, because you, you just want to hit those markers, that's fine. Eventually you're going to have to actually own up to that purpose because consumers can, can smell insincerity Mm -hmm. anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're not going to be true about it, if you're not going to be authentic to it, um, it's just not going to work. It's going to show through. I mean, I, I, I'm a mother of, um, well, they're all in their twenties. Is one in their thirties? No. Yeah. One's in their thirties. One's just 30. And I, I have to sit back and, you know, when I listen to them talk, sometimes I have to sit back and really take in what they're saying and, and appreciate their opinion, which is it's not necessarily opinion that's different than mine, but one that I hadn't considered. And I, I'm just, you know, I imagine CEOs have to be, and this might be part of your business, is, is the opening of, of different opinions and considering different um, perspectives. Because with technology and the world changing so quickly, these perspectives are, are you know, they're right there. And um, I just find sometimes it's a great learning experience to sit back and listen to 20 year olds and, and what their values are and, and what they want to see in the world. And I think what you're doing is, is, is a beautiful bridge between, um, you know, the values that seem to be perpetrating themselves out there and maybe um, for people that have been entrenched in a different way, um, becoming conscious of this is, is a big piece of it. Now, as we move towards the end of the show, unfortunately, because I think it's a great topic to talk about, are there any new things on the horizon for you that you can tell us about as you move your business forward? Yeah. Um, so related to, but not, but also very separate. Um, I'm also the head of marketing and brand par- brand partnerships for a healthcare tech startup that just launched. It's called Hero Health. Um, that's H-E-U-R-O. Um, and Hero Health is a B2B healthcare tech company that is really on a mission to make wellness profitable in an illness incentivized healthcare system where, you know, typically, um, the way the old model here in the U S works in healthcare is the sicker you are, you know, the more, a lot of these, uh, big corporations tend to profit, unfortunately, Um, So we are an app that is designed to give our members the tools to take a proactive approach to health where uh, that proactive work in in becoming more healthy actually results in cost savings for you, the actual member, and for the businesses that are providing it to you. 
Excellent. What a forward thinking uh, app that is for sure. Thank is you. this out now or is it still in, in the works? It's out now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's available on a B2B model. So your employer or if you own a company um, can get in touch through the Hero Health website um, uh, for more information. And it, you, know, it, you would roll it out to your employees and they would be able to centralize all their health and wellness information um, in there. And it also provides them unlimited access to health coaches and doctors through video conferencing. Is this just in the United States or is this worldwide yet? Um, it's just in the U.S. for now, um, but that's a good question. I don't know if we've even had, uh, if we've even, even considered the option. Um, I'm sure there's, there's ways that we can figure it out for our first Canadian client if someone is interested. <laughs> and the app again, just give us the app name again in case someone wants to look at it. Yep, it's Hero Health. So H-E-U-R-O Health. Um, and it's a, it's a play on words for the word hero, like, you know, you're my hero, but it's spelled like heuristic, um, with, and that word means um, enabling a person to learn and discover for themselves. So that's why it's called Hero Health. Excellent. Well, I truly believe in your mission, and I think that it's so important that you get companies on board for for their, their own benefit and for the benefit of their employees as well. So oh, there are my dogs. I told you this might happen, um, but, you know, such is the time, right? <laughs> but Roxana, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed um, how you're, you're, you're taking your personal experience and really bringing it to light and making, you know, taking some value of, of what you've learned, taking a lot of value of what you've learned about yourself and sharing with others. So thank you so much for your mission. I appreciate that so much. This has been great. Thank you. And everybody, we'll talk to you next week on the Health Hub. been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.